Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Alan Edgar, Christian Wolfe, and Louis McCaffrey. We are, it's a very focused start. Um, there won't be any uh, off to bad starts because Celtic have been doing that for us for a fucking lifetime over the last couple of weeks. Um, so we're going to start talking about, literally just right into it, AK Athens. Um, so Celtic are out of the Champions League, defeated 2-1. Um, in Greece, unfortunately, a lot to talk about in, this, in regards to this game. I'm going to start with um, he's chomping at the bit. Um, he's on fire. He's Louis McCaffrey. Louis McCaffrey. Um, just initial thoughts. I'm going to get initial thoughts from everyone. So keep it to a sentence if you could. Nah, a small kind of thought on what you thought of the game. Um, I thought the game was poor, and that we started off like we kind of weren't really fully focused um, I didn't think we were set up um, I think when you look at how they were set up I didn't think we were really set up very well in order to really create much um, they were very tight and compact in the middle of the pitch and there wasn't much distance between our players and there was a lot of distance between especially our midfield three um, and I felt like we, we struggled in the early part of the game and obviously losing a, losing the goals that we did were absolutely criminal schoolboy like I genuinely believe that any one of the four of us in this room could have done better. Like um, we we literally could defend better than that. Potentially I probably would have put away a league of opportunity as well. Um Christian Wolf, I mean, you're gonna be really annoying, I can tell already. Um so just start. I just got one of those faces. I think the game in isolation isn't half bad. It, you know, it, it's, it's obviously a lot is shaped by the early goal, and that's perfect for AK because they can just kind of, as Louis said, they sit deep and try and pick something out of the counter. And Celtic, for the most part, you know, struggle to create something through the middle. So it's kind of left up to kind of Tierney and Forrest to have that wide and try and whip something in. But I mean, in, other than that, I mean, Celtic created quite a few. I think over 20 attempts um, and they had the ball the most they had the, by far the most passes and, and so on but it's just how, how many yeah. shot, how many shots on target do you know that off the top of your head uh, five for Celtic but they had 21 altogether and I think that kind of sum it up because they kind of got close-ish to the goal but never really managed to get to some huge chances anyway so they had lots of chances not very many big ones. I think the Griffith one's probably the biggest one in the first half, which I think is a tougher chance, having seen it again today, that you maybe see at first. And obviously, in the, you know, after the Sinclair goal, it kind of wasn't, uh, other than right at the end, uh, you know, a big chance in the end. So it was kind of, I don't think it was a terrible performance. It was just not good enough on the day for what was needed is we needed like uh, an 8 or 9 out of 10 performance you kind of got like a 6 or a 7 and a, think- lo- a little bit I uh, it was very sloppy on the goals and that was it, it did, Celtic was best from box to box but in, in you know they couldn't really defend their own penalty box and they couldn't really penetrate um, Aiko Athens penalty box Alan, Ad- Alan Edgar the handsome Alan Edgar uh, thoughts on the game? Um, I probably agree quite a lot with, with Christian um, in terms of he said right at the start that it wasn't half bad I'd probably just disagree slightly and say that it was it was half bad because <laughs> defensively um, I thought we, we were really poor um, we did start to um, be a bit more aggressive in the way we defended the game in the second half um, probably just by the context of it um, but it's probably not a game, or it's probably a game that we have seen before, but we've just not lost before. Um, yeah, do you think that's got to do with how we, you know, when we've went to Stana or we've went to Beersheba or went to Karabag, we've had something, um, we've had like a lead to almost defend, we've been ahead a little bit, whereas this was just straight away, um, we're out, <clears throat> we're out of the tournament at this halfway stage, we have to kind of score our way back in. I, to be honest, I just think it's as simple as um, look at the game in isolation. Forget what it means in terms of anything else. I don't think we played great on the night. You know, we created enough chances, enough maybe half chances. Probably should have to to get beat on in the ninety minutes was disappointing. But you know, I, I think a number of players just weren't really up to their level. And Cham, um, I thought Rogic, in Cham, yeah. 
um, I thought were, were very poor. I think Brown probably not anywhere near the level of performance we've seen. Defensively, a big straight ball in the box. Uh, you, we don't need to say anything about that. Um, in terms of that, that's just awful. I don't think there's anybody's going to disagree with that. I'm, I'm not seeing anything new there. Um, but I think overall, it's a game I've seen many times before. We've just generally got the result we needed or won these type of games. Um, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, kind of looking at the at, from from my point of view, the game in isolation. I thought we actually, if you take the goals out of the equation, um, obviously losing a goal in the first six minutes after a bad start. Second half comes out. You think to yourself, well. Just come out, first 10 minutes, feel your way back into the game, and they lose a goal from, you know, a, a, there's no point breaking the, the goals down because they're so amateur hour. Um, everyone's seen them, no, no one wants to relieve, relive that. Uh, the first goal itself was not far off a carbon copy, the, the goal in, in Glasgow. Um, cut down the right-hand side, ball back into the box. You know, you can say all you want about Lustig, and don't get me wrong, he doesn't escape criticism, he should not have let the ball get into the box. But there's five Celtic players there, and there's one AK Athens player. Tierney was awful at that goal. Tierney was awful. Well, you've got it was his man, and he knew it was his man because he looked at him, and he was the only one that was going to pick him up. And when the ball came in the box, he went the opposite way from the player on the ball. Awful. Yeah, I don't think anybody comes away from that one. Um, As you said, it was is a lot like the the goal in the home leg, especially Lustig. Not being able to snuff out the cross, but you know, I think we've all seen some of the stills from when the cross comes in, and you know, the Echo Athens player should never get on the ball first. It's, it's two or three players that switch off completely, so it's, it's probably just like a lack of aggression, a little bit of focus. Um, and people but not five minutes in five minutes into the biggest game of your season, ah, exactly. that's that's unforgivable. The, f- the, f- the first the first minute of the game, I think, was it no Lustig went up for a header and totally mistimed it, and came down before the the, the ball even got anywhere near his head, and that just set the tone for me. I thought he's completely gone already. He's just miles off. Just to kind of, I'm sure I I don't know what everyone's reaction was when the goal went in after six minutes, um, but my reaction and my father's reaction was, oh well. Completely expected. Uh, it was a, as soon as the goal. I watched it in the pub, and as soon as the goal went in, it wasn't like people were going, "Oh my god!" It was just like, "Oh well, that's been, we knew that was coming." Um, and this is six minutes into again, as mentioned, the biggest game of the season. Because with all due respect, if we get through past the AK Athens, we've got to face the Hungarian champions. Um, and you know the fact that we can't get by AK Athens, you know we've got no right to say what we would have done past that. But it seemed to be uh, we'd have a massive opportunity to get into the Champions League for a fourth year in a row. So it's essentially, we don't deserve to be there. Um, a point I'll make as well is out of all the teams we've played, you know, but your Bershevas and uh, your Carabags, etc. AK Athens, I'll think, are one of the weakest. They didn't impress me at all. They were well organised. Um, I thought they had some decent individuals. Uh, people talking about them, though, like they're, you know, this uh, great team. That to me, I, I, to me, Brendan Rodgers said the best team that they've faced in qualification. I think they maybe have a higher ceiling than some of the other ones, but I think it was actually a good time to meet them because I think the first twenty minutes of Celtic Park, you can you can just tell that Celtic were more prepared and more focused. And that first half in in, in Glasgow was I thought was really really good up until the goal. And ever since that goal went in in those 135 minutes since then, it's Celtic was never really back in the tie. I felt yeah. you know that the kind of a goal was never really coming in Glasgow. I think yesterday had quite a feel of of Malmo away uh, in terms of it, you just knew it was going to happen. Just for uh, anyone listening, he said Malmo, but he said it in a weird sort of Norwegian accent. Well, so Norwegian said Malmo. Well, but you're right. It was. It didn't come as a surprise. And again, in in isolation, you can say this is Rogers' ninth knockout tie in the Champions League, and he's won the previous eight. So, by the law of averages, you think at some point you'll have two not great games after each other, and that'll be it. So, again, in isolation, you're gonna go. Yeah, you, you can almost expect that. But I just think with everything else that's happened in the club. Over the really just it seems longer, but even just like the last eight nine days, it feels just like it's adding to injury, and I think that kind of is making a lot of people react 
a lot, <laughs> maybe harsher and more angry than if you manage to take a step back and look at the whole picture. Uh, but it, that's obviously, you know, you just gone out to the Champions League is one of the biggest goals of the season. So fans are entitled to be angry. But I think the more interesting discussion is probably what should happen now and what shouldn't happen now. Uh, Alan, I've got a question from Robert Campbell. Um, the AEK first goal is a problem. Uh, sorry, the AEK first goal is the problem more about desire rather than organisation and talent? Nobody wanted to go to shut the man down. Second goal, guy runs off his marker, no one scrambling to cover. What's your kind of take on that? Is it a, a lack of desire rather than organisation? I, I don't think so. It's it, it's easy to say that. And probably if you'd have asked me last night, I would have been screaming at the TV saying this and that. But in actual fact, it's just bad decision making. Um, Lustig f- falls for a very simple feign to shoot, which every winger at any level of football will always do he falls for it gives the guy half a yard and he fires it across the front post um, we've not got anybody screening we've got plenty of guys in the box we've nobody actually screening to say because there's only one dangerous ball there and it's firing it across the front of the yeah. goal um, and, we've, and we're just caught in the heels a little bit I, I don't think it's desire ideally you stop the cross but you do that with better decision making um, yeah. to be it, honest So I, I think you know th- there was at least three occasions I counted um, possibly more but one massive one where Jozo Simunovic was uh, Jozo Simunovic and Jack Henry were passing the ball between each other uh, and obviously they're changing kind of you know narrowing the angle to make kind of space and Jozo Simunovic passed the ball out uh. Straight out of play. Straight out of play. He did that twice that I could, that I saw, and I went for a pee, and it apparently <laughs> did it when I did a pee as well against Hearts as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he did. That, he did against Hearts. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I did that to the two or three times that Gordon done it. But what does that tell you? Oh. I mean, essentially, when when you you pass the ball without any pressure on you, um, with no one around you, with no one pressing you, what does that tell you about the what's happening? What his kind of mental state is, Louis? Do you think there's something to that? Because that's not that's not tactical. That's not technical. That's just a complete. Yeah, he's able to do that pass. It's not yeah, like yeah. he's not able to do yeah, the pass. No, my point is, so, <laughs> so it's clearly more than his ability. It's his concentration. I think in Yozo's for that when he put the ball out, I think that was him being lackadaisical with his pass and just just didn't focus on it God, Gordon Gordon really annoys me because yeah. I, I think he is he does that too often for my liking and when, the second time I'd done it last night I was just like this is that's pathetic that you are getting paid to do it to, you can't just kick the ball out the out the pitch to be, to, to be fair sorry Ed, he wasn't even aiming for to, anybody to, to be fair the, the ones where if you are going to try and hit your full back who's standing right in the touchline you can't play that pass short no. you really can't so you either put it on his head or you're not good enough to hit no, he's not which good is enough. fine no. um, but that's that's an, you can't go short with that ball no. it's criminal if he if he doesn't play it long enough to loose dig and that's who he's obviously trying to hit because he always does that he always try and go to the fullback so he'll press higher up and that's fine it's the right pass to try if you're just simply not good enough to hit it make sure you hit it longer than hitting a shot because if you had to shot then we're in trouble it's, yeah it's, it's kind of one of those yeah, talked about Malmo but it, it was kind of at the start of the season Celtic looked really really good yeah and I think a lot of it maybe come down when when, when Musa came off and in the first round, but also I think Yoso on Sunday and, and yesterday, but also Craig Gordon's decision making in, in his distribution against Hearts and yesterday, he went long so many times where he didn't really have to go long. And he's not the greatest with his feet, but you can tell the Voyagers a couple of times just, you know, threw, threw his arms up because there was just those kind of elementary decision making where Gordon kind of. Not panic, but he's just he went long after long, and it, Celtic was on Sunday and yesterday lost the ball so many times on that. And the same with Joseph's quite elementary mistake. So it was kind of something like we're a team that looked so confident at the start of the season. Suddenly, that goal against Athens just kind of shook everybody <laughs> to, that, uh, 180 that, degrees around. That, that's the thing that pisses me off, though, because we're, we're we're being let down by the basics. Players are failing at the basic things. We're not trying to do... I mean, Craig Gordon has been a keeper for playing football for how many years? If he, by now, at his stage in his career, cannot, with confidence, kick the ball to a fullback, albeit on a touchline, 
he's how can he not do that? Yozo Simonovic and you know Jack Hendry, absolute no even schoolboy type errors and in, in defence with those with even just the goals. That's basics. Yeah, I mean it's not trying to do something high level or something that Barcelona players are doing. That is basic football. And, and that's in a situation where we're not being pressed. So, you know, the high-end top Champions League teams, if we were in the group stages, you know, PSG didn't even press us that much and we still lost 7-0 to them. Um, I feel, if you look at, as kind of um, Alan pointed out, you know, you've mentioned Jozo Simunovic and how he kind of kept giving the ball away, Craig Gordon's kicks, etc. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments for me was in Cham, um, who I think is one of our... Obviously, he's he's a diamond. Um, I think he's a terrific player. When he when he's on when he's ticking, Celtic are ticking. Um, he was really sloppy a lot a lot of the time. Obviously, I, I, I would probably agree. On and Cham for me, he's probably our best player, especially on these type of games. I think he tends to step up his game, um, and I think we've seen that in, in a couple of the earlier qualifiers. Granted, against teams we should be beating. The one thing I would probably say in terms of talking about. And the kind of theme that's running through is disjointed, seems to be the kind of thing in terms of Gordon was making those passes last year. So Munovic and Rogers' first season was actually very, very good, but they're not now. And what the kind of issue is, the one thing I would say, notice defensively last night, and maybe in the middle of the park as well, they're not used to playing either with each other on the way they were playing last night. You had Jack Hendry picking up the ball, and I actually thought, in fairness, the second half. Hendry actually not a bad game, um, which I know is a bit... He actually wasn't that bad. Um, I, I'm not saying that I, I like him, but I, I don't think he was anywhere near as bad on, last night. I feel like him, it's okay. <laughs> I'm um, not saying I like him, but... No, because I'm only talking about this game in isolation, not about Hearts <laughs> on Sunday. Um, I noticed a couple of times he had the ball, and there was a full-back, either Lustig or Tierney, and instead of passing the ball to them for them to pass it back to him, he just he would run towards them but he would continue to run towards them and just narrow the space, narrow the space yeah. until it got to a stage where the only way thing he could do was to quickly shove it to them, two, three yard pass and play them into trouble. And that is just, for me, that's someone who either doesn't know what he's expected to do or is not capable of doing what he's asked. Either way, it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm frequent uh, contributor to the 90 Minutes Cynic in the podcast, Alex Lawrence, who's a technical tactical mastermind um, made a video remember was it last year um, I think it was uh, Jack Hendry versus Kilmarnock when he did the exact sort of thing and uh, Alex highlighted the fact that he was coming out with the ball and he was playing the ball into channels and the ball he was playing you might look at it from you know a, a distance as a fan and say that's a good ball but he's actually playing the player that he's passing to into danger Yeah, um, and that comes down to what does that come down to? Does that come down to how he's been coached? Is is Rogers telling him this is what you need to do and he's following it or has he not been able to follow those instructions? Well, I think Henry is probably a, a much wider discussion. We kind of touched upon this before but he's... he's is Henry a, a vanity project for Rogers? I don't think so. I think there's very good reasons for why Henry was bought because he has, as he showed at Dundee, he has certain qualities and he's also... That can kind of combine those quite... You know, traditional sides of a centre back and, and the more modern ones in, in passing and, and, and dribbling. I th- think the issue is he's, he's having to learn Rogers' system on the job. And we mentioned this before that Christopher Year had about what, 18 months plus a six month spell in Kilmarnock to kind of learn the system and build himself up and, and hand that. And, and Henry, I don't think it was intention that he was going to go in that early, but he's having to, to grow up. On the job, and obviously, once he's in, he's, he's got this um, obviously streak of a winless streak in the league now, and it's kind of like he's kind of can't get a break. So, I think if you, if you take Henry out of the side for a few months, let him out of the limelight, I think he can come back and really be uh, a really, really good center back for Celtic. I still, still think there's hope there. I also think there's an argument that at the moment, having said all that, that Ayer and Henry is maybe the most sensible choice of a centre-back pairing because Yoso seems in a completely bad space. Boyata, I'll probably get on to that. And, and, and 
obviously as soon as Marvin Comper is, is, is injury free, he's going to be amazing. Uh, but okay. uh, <laughs> but it's, so at the moment you probably go yeah I'd probably choose Ayer and, and Henry unless somebody else comes in just now see I'm going to bring Louie in in just one second because he wants a wee rant and he's going to get it um, but the fact is see what you're saying there um, you know Alan made the point about how Henry had a decent game um, towards the second half I thought you had yeah I think, he, I think you could say the same for uh, the second half in Rosenberg you could say the same for the second half against AK at home but he still is part He's still at fault for some of the goals. He's still at fault for decisions. So after I don't you think it was at fault yesterday. Or well, it, was fault, it was at fault for the second goal. He's definitely at fault. He, he needs to win that header. That's that's. Is he the one that loses? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, yeah. won the header. Yeah, yeah win the header. That's fundamentals, right? So essentially, he has a good game after he sold a goal. After he's done his. After he. After what he's the definition of him as a defender supposed to do. He after good- he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, he has a good game. I thought he had a good so, game of at home as well, except yeah. <laughs> the, the you know the so, forward passes. So, so essentially, he's not doing his job. Bluey, I want you. You've you've got some notes about Brendan Rodgers that you want to uh, put oh, out I've, into I've the ether. I've got hundreds of things I want to say about this guy, but um, this guy. But on the on the kind of point about um, the defence and and not doing the basics, for me, I don't think there's I don't think clearly there's a focus on coaching these players. Because Brendan Rodgers himself, after the game last night, said that they'd given away easy goals and they rhymed off all the games so far in this season that we've given away sloppy goals because of our defensive players. Why is that? That shouldn't be the case. See, when it happens once, or maybe it happens twice, two games in a row, you do something to change it. You go on the training pitch, surely, and you coach the players in a different way or you, you, you remind them of the basics of defending and I don't think Brendan Rodgers has done that I think he's great at the attacking side of the game because that's the, that's the, the side of it that he gets the most joy out of but I think defensively I think he's neglected the defence I, I just don't think he's coached them and he's became I think with some of his comments and in, in talking about buying players and hopefully we'll come on to his press stuff uh, later but he sounds to me like a football manager manager he just wants to buy better rather than actually educating the players that are there Jozo Simonovic you know the Boyata situation which we'll come to later the fact that he wasn't there right that rules him out I it was unfortunate that he couldn't play but Jozo and Henry should be better than what they've, they've shown in the recent games and I think it's basic, fundamental coaching that's not been done. Which is odd, because I, I do think one of the things that you hear about Rogers is that he is a really good developer of a player. And, it, and to be fair, I think a lot of... You know, it's often said that this is, you know, a big part of this team is still people who came on in on the dial, or even Lennon, and youth players that he's... You know, it hasn't been that many new players in, and he's kind of brought a lot of players up a level. So it's it's a fair point by Louis saying that, but for certain players and maybe specifically in in defence, maybe having ha- had that development. So, but I mean, who who's he really developed defensively or defensively? I, 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 I'd say Christopher Ayer. I, yeah, I, but, I would but say he went away to learn the job. To to to, to say that Rogers hasn't developed players at, at, or isn't working hard enough or anything like that. I, I, I just don't agree with. I think you could probably name eight or nine players in the Celtic squad that I think have, without doubt, improved under him. Some oh, of us, absolutely. Some of them aren't there anymore. But Defen- defensive players, though. defensive players, I suppose it's difficult. Um, Kieran Tierney's obviously been excellent, but you but Kieran, the best bit of Kieran Tierney's play that's got better and better and been really developed is him as an attacking fullback. I, I don't think you can look at the parts of the game though in isolation. I don't think you can look and say, well, he's an attack and he's a defence. It doesn't work like that. But it's that isolated part of the defence no, that he's fine, pinpointed as giving away sloppy goals. I don't think it's, it's not because they're not enough. working hard enough or they're not trying to do it. It's just that sometimes it, the players maybe not good don't have I that t- level t- of ability I- at that level or don't have that decision but, made. But you're giving away... But it's, it's, it's basic errors that are, are causing this. It's not as if it's you anything, co- in, you can't anything high level. <laughs> and the other thing that annoys me that, I, that clearly isn't a focus on is set pieces. Oh, no, okay. We'll, set pieces we'll are not given any focus we'll, in we'll training. Get, they can't we'll, be. We'll get that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, th- there also might be, you know, this argument... Um, maybe they're just not good enough. 
maybe Joseph Simonovich isn't just good, just not good enough. Maybe this is at too high a level for Jack Hendry. Maybe Jack Hendry's a really good Scottish Premier, Premiership player who just can't. No, well, it's all about. It's also about um, stop a cross, be positionally correct in a line uh, in, in a back you, four. You, you, you're, adding on, a, like you're adding a lot of things in now. Aye, I, I, I think it, it is a good each player had a job to do, and we don't lose. We're those talking players. about. We're talking about pressure. We're talking about um, away performance in Greece. We're talking about lack of concentration. All these things can take a decent SBL uh, Scottish Premiership player and make them crumble. You know, how many times have you seen a really, really good player be on the European stage? Griffiths would score chances in the, in the Scottish Premiership that he has uh, that he doesn't score on Europe because maybe a lack of pressure. You know, when you take when you take that pressure away, they're a bit. They might actually be decent players, but when you add all of the parts together, maybe they're just not good enough. What you're going to say, something? No, I, th- I think it is. If Henry is an interesting point in a player in in many ways in terms of Rogers developing a player. I think Rogers has done a very good job with Christopher Arier. Um, Louis said he went on loan to Kilmarnock, which helped him. Lee McCulloch, obviously coaching the well, exactly, coaching the best. Uh, exactly, but there's also a fair point that um, Alan makes in terms of you don't defend in isolation and you don't attack in isolation. It's, it's kind of like Rafael Benitez's uh, blanket. You know, you can pull your blanket up, um, and you, your top is covered, but your feet will be uh, cold. You can put your blanket down, and your, your feet will be warm, and uh, your top will be cold. And that's it's saying you you have to prioritize attack over defense it to a certain degree you can't be you know you can't put expect a very good attacking football and very or very good defensive football but also the point about what kind of protection is the defense having this season and, and I, I think in not both in terms of the defense coming down to help uh, them play out from the back and um, i think brown and Kowasi on, on sunday was was strange i don't think brown has had a great opening either and i think those kind of defensive thing plays in there so uh, yeah that's, yeah it, it, it's an odd situation we're in because it seems like Rogers it's it's one side there's really man management and developer but the other side he's, he's kind of going oh, I need more players yeah I, see I disagree with the whole duvet cover analogy because at the end <laughs> of the day you need to be a, a well-rounded team defensively and offensively in order well, you to disagree well. with Rafa Benitez I, I, I but, thought but, but you, ha- you have to be better. Well, you have to be well rounded. I thought you were going to genuinely suggest they're just buying a longer duvet. <laughs> I thought we were about a second away. Well, from I was that. going to say just put it in the middle and you know. All right. um, Alan, uh, two questions. Uh, very similar. Uh, so this is from Stevie at Evil Knievel. I'm not even going to say your Twitter handles because why would I? Is the manager looking for a type of defender we just can't afford? Why not just get players in who can defend first and foremost and ask more of the midfield? Well, I include the keeper in this as well. Well, that's is your name, Alan? Oh, sorry, uh, it's now. But that's that's, that's Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon is oh, he's a goalkeeper. He'll do shot stopping. But you see, when he's put in a position like yesterday, he negatively contributes to the style of play. And I think this is to me, you can. Would you really have Christoph Berra in there? Obviously not now. But some somebody like he just he just wins the ball and knocks it out of the park. Eh. I think in the end... It's not, you don't necessarily have to have them knock out of the park, but if they win headers when corners come in, we're not going to concede well, goals, are we? Well, <laughs> am I right, Louis? But Jack Henry <laughs> won a lot of headers. In the, like, he won almost well, one of the top centre-backs in, in winning headers, and so was Christopher Ayer. So you Where was it yesterday in. for the second goal? Just well, like, exactly. Just like it's been a downward trend for it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I don't... It, it is a fair point in terms of is Rogers asking too much of a centre half. I think you do have somebody in, in Christopher here that can do both. So who do you put beside him? Do you put somebody who's a bit more a traditional centre half? I just think in Celtic you would need to be able he's to not, play a it little do, bit. It doesn't matter. This point's moot because he's not going to do that. He's going. He wants two ball playing centre halves, which but, is Jack Hendry. The, the, the problem is though that can add the situation we're looking at. If you put Tactically, if you put someone beside him who is a big let's go for the biggest kind of great with a ball in front of him, centre half, loves the ball in there, loves going with the headers, that's great. That then negates the whole way you try and play yeah. because then they say, well, that's fine. Don't worry about him because he's never going to step out of the ball. He's never going to want the ball at his feet. So we're now playing against 10 attacking players. Are you, are you and then, then it falls down. And if you ask that player to play high up, which Rogers want to, 
And if it's a big, slow centre half, you just punt it over. So, him. But it, it's not. A, it, it isn't then a suggestion of right. We need a big, strong. If I see one more person on Twitter talking about Bobo Baldy, Johan yeah. Mialbi, yeah. great centre halves, great in a new team would not work in this team. Yeah. That's not to say they're yeah. not good footballers. Oh, and by the way, just, but why are you aggressively pointing at me? No, Sviachenko was a good point. I think he was more of that type of defender, but Rogers just he didn't he he couldn't do what Rogers wanted okay, him to. Okay, my, my point is. Um, that's fi- if you want to um, ball playing centre halves. That's fine. Just have get two good ones. Well, that's what they've tried to do in Ayer and Henry. No, I know, I know you're you're dinging, but the fact is, Jack Henry. Well, but that is a difficult proposition. Yeah, and what Rodgers is asking of his team is difficult, especially okay, in Europe. Okay, so, wait, so wait, you kind of go. So the whole discussion is okay. A season in Europa League where you can we've got money in the bank. You can play that way. So I. I I, I, I think I've talked about this before, but yeah, Celtic's got a few spanking in Europe because a large part maybe Rogers has tried to play that certain way as well. But I, I think you still, I, I think it's a good thing that Rogers demand a higher complexity of play from the Celtic players, even though it falls down at times, rather than going on like a zero risk strategy of a, hey, an Lynn. I think we're maybe being. I think the issue is, is that actually what we're finding now is, is that the progress under Rogers standards have been increased, the scrutiny has been increased, and we're now expecting to play at a higher level. Expectation and, and, levels and, are being. But we yeah. now want players to then not just bring in, but actually improve the squad. It's great saying that, and it's great saying right, okay, we've got the money, go and buy those players. But I don't know if, and I think longer term we might come onto this, but longer term this might present a real problem for Rogers. I'm not sure that we are able to bring those players in. Um, it's not money. I don't think it's that the board aren't willing to spend the money. Guys, like, if you look at the Fabian Shah scenario, £3 million is absolutely not out with the budget of Celtic. But as soon as a Premier League club becomes interested, you are out of the running. Now, it's great if you can get a 19, 20-year-old who develops into a great player, but we can't buy players who we think are, are even... Group stage Champions League level, if they no, yeah, I, I think you make a good point, and I, I I agree with it. However, I I just question whether we're actually casting on it high and wide enough. That that's a fair question. That, because that's a fair question. I'm I'm not saying that we should be demanding, you know, uh, going buying a 28 year old player who plays for even a team like Anderlecht. If a guy impresses for Anderlecht in the Europa League or UEFA Cup, he's probably, as you say, as soon as a Premier League team steps in, we're gubbed. But we're not. Rogers came out in January and says he's happy with it. he was happy with his business. At that point, we had uh, Christopher Ayer, we had uh, Jack Kendrick was brought in, we brought in Marvin Comper, we, we brought in Boyata. Boyata was there. Um, you know, Simonovic. Simonovic. So you're looking at um, a heavy amount of players. However, we also knew that Boyata was probably going to go to the World Cup and would be unavailable for the first bunch of qualifiers. We also knew that he was out of contract, and if he had a semi decent World Cup, he wouldn't be signing. I, I think I mentioned that at the end of the, at the, end of the season. I, know, you, I think that was kind of clear. Let, let, let's leave with, the whole Boyata thing until later, because that's a whole other section of the show. But see, in terms of Rodgers, right, we played our first... We, we, we played our best football under Rodgers in the first se- season that he was the manager. Last season, for, for, for large parts of last season, the football was turgid. We were sitting here going, this, this is rubbish. We should be doing better than this. Yes, of course, the first first year set the standard and we won a treble and they were going to be knackered after that. All right. But we went and won another treble and I'm not trying to say that, you know, not trying to diminish that in any way. But the football wasn't as good. Now, of course, managers are obviously going to have their biggest impact when they first come to a club. But our playing style, the Rogers style, was very clear to see very quickly. We had a pressing game where we hunted in packs pretty much right away you could see that he'd got through it the players how to do that I don't think we do that at all anymore um, I think a lot of that is to do with uh, you know the fact that Armstrong is away I thought Armstrong was you know you, we, we made wasn't even playing yeah towards the end well, Armstrong he, he was contributing a but, lot but he was a, he was a, he's a massive miss Armstrong is a guy who yesterday I think would, would have been a massive help for us Brown this season I know we're only in we're only in August struggling I think I think you can see he's maybe not at the level he was maybe even last year um, 
you know, we'll talk about the Hearts game and, and the Cynic Extra, but if a buoy, um, not a buoy, if, uh, you know, Rogers was really unlucky yesterday in that Dembele and Edouard were both unavailable. It, obviously, Dembele came on, but if you if you look at how if you look, as as before you interrupt my fucking amazing point in January Rogers was like I'm happy with the business we've done and we again it's the positions of strength we knew that certain situations would would have happened and we've just not brought anyone in um, but all, a lot of that is also to do with luck in terms of injuries and suspensions Christopher Iyer being suspended Comper being a bomb and um, not being a bomb scare but who no fucking knows what he is. Um, Jack Hendry struggling because he's been put in a situation without anybody else that's maybe a little bit more experienced. There's a lot going to get his win against us that's just on the basis of luck and timing. Of course, but then the, the other thing is in, in the first season we played four two three one. We got the best out of Scott Sinclair. We got the best out of Tierney. That left side was how we attacked and it was fantastic. We got the best out of Scott Brown. Played the best season he'd played in years. We had a system there that worked, and then Rogers tink- tinkered with it and changed it for probably a few different reasons. But I don't think we've ever been as good as what we were in that system. And he's not found a proper way to, to sort it. He tried at the start of this season, pre-season, to play with two strikers up front. And it then as amazing. soon as as soon it looked all right, but then as soon as Dembele gets injured, it's not a case of sticking with the two and playing Griffiths and, and Edward. I mean, there, there is. Let me ask you, changes that again. Let me ask you a question: When's uh, Tom Rodgers coming back from the World Cup? Um, yeah, Any time now. There is a sliding door moment there when Musa Dembele doesn't get injured, um, in against Rosenberg. No, before that. Anyway, in the first round, and I do think if Alishkar, and I do think at that point because that three five two looked really good, and I think Eddie and Dembele really fulfilled those roles. And I think there is an alternative universe there. He doesn't get injured, and Celtic are true to the playoff round now, and they're looking really good, and everybody's really optimistic, and it doesn't matter that John McGinn hasn't signed. Um. I, in one way, there are deeper issues in the club, but on the other sides, it's also that simple. And I think the last week has just kind of been... It's been blown out of proportion. That's not to say there's not genuine criticism and things that need to improve and people who have done mistakes, but it's also... I think if you manage to take at least a step back and look at it in the full context of it, it's not actually a big crisis. You know, I think there's very small margins there. I think yeah. and Celtic is has had had a tremendous start to the season. Uh, Alan, um, how you t- in in terms of reaction? Um, I know again, as we say, social media isn't you know Twitter isn't the world, but it's a kind of good kind of jumping off point because it's a, sort of different collection of opinions and thoughts. I, are, are people going over the top? I, I think I'm at my jumping off point with Twitter. Um, <laughs> A couple of things um, from last night, the Svitchenko thing. We're going back to transfer oh, windows. <laughs> now, I, I know that I don't think anybody ever really believes this, but we're going back to transfer windows to talk about a defender who didn't play, saying if he would have played. Now we're talking about ten. He was universes. never. He was never good that enough. That really is. That's a bizarro world yeah. type situation. You and O'Connell should have um, never have left. I, heard, I saw that. Did you not miss a penalty last night for Buddy? who playing with now? Yeah, or is it just another you know Connell? Uh, Either way, um, there's the, only one. The the, the week. Wasn't great. It's probably been the worst week we've we've had in a long, long time. Certainly under Rogers' time. Um, I think it is as simple as just maybe just injuries. I think decisions as well. And I will say Rogers. The one thing I didn't like the look of last night, and when I was talking before the game, Cham Brown and Rogic. My worry is with those three. You're talking about the press not being as good, the ball not moving as quickly. See when you look at the stats from last night, which Christian was very kind to send on earlier. Not enough passes, not enough touches from your key midfield players. See if McGregor comes inside one, yeah. the tempo of the game picks up because he connects the play. He connects the play a lot. Sinclair quicker. comes on and uh, we score. I, 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 I don't even mean whoever goes out in that position, great. And if it's Sinclair and it's the Sinclair, then we're laughing. But we need someone just to connect that play a little bit more because Scott Brown wasn't taking the ball in last night, doing a lot of running. Very few touches of the ball, though. Very few passes. I think we mentioned earlier, but I think there was, there was an inability to get the ball true centrally I think Rodrik it was maybe too high or whatnot. but there was just too big of a gap and I think if you have McGregor more centrally that he 
I, everybody knows, you know, there are certain really big McGregor fans in here, and, and I'm one. I just think he keeps things ticking over. Yeah. He finds the right positions. He's he's better at pressing. He he, he kind of intuitively know where to drop in and, and drop off. And I think he's it's yesterday having gone back. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers might know a little bit more about football than me. I'll, I'll give him that. But I, I I was disappointed not to see Scott Sinclair out wide and McGregor more centrally because I think Rodgers. I think he had a tough game yesterday, Louis. He had a tough tie. Um, yeah. 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 Your rebuttal? <laughs> <laughs> As an official Tam spokesman? Yeah. He's, st- he's still the greatest, but I mean, I think M- McGregor, I-, I don't think, other than maybe Tam, I think there's no better player at receiving the ball in tight areas. Tam did that two or three and, times yesterday on the half turn, and you were just like, wow. But, uh, you know, but he, he does that, but I think... But but that, that, he doesn't play that the simple he, things. Though. McGregor connects the play between defence and midfield better, whereas Rodrik can be the link between midfield and attack. So it's not a case of either or. But I think sometimes McGregor just needs to actually be included in that middle three somewhere. Yeah, and it's just but, where you fit. But I think the thing is though, Rodrik when he's on the ball, he's he's role is to create oh, whereas McGregor is more as you say a link man he's making the passes and linking the play whereas Roderick's got a different a different job to do if you like yeah. but that's the thing there was t- he, I, I agree I think he was too high up so the gap with the midfield three was, was far too big and then at times you didn't actually have anybody in the middle they, they were in a triangle but the triangle was far too big and there was a massive big space in the middle that no one bothered penetrating and then you you, you Play the ball out to Forrest, and Forrest, by the way, I think has started the season brilliantly. The his running at fullbacks is, I think, getting better. He doesn't, and better. Look, he doesn't look scared the but, way he used to. But he has two, he has two people on him every time he got the ball because they knew that they weren't. We weren't going to play through the middle. We would only play out wide. And in the first leg, Tierney had the boy absolutely roasted the boy time and time again. He was just going at that that fullback. That didn't happen. That and it, surely that should have been a main focus. I don't know if there was a personnel change with their their right back. Maybe there was because that boy got absolutely. He was just getting destroyed. But also away from the ball, you, you, you do tend to change your. But that was an obvious weakness, though. It was an obvious mismatch. Why wasn't that targeted? In in Roderick's defence, I think if he has Dembele or Franchetti beside him, I think they are just better away in Europe players than Griffiths because they know when to drop down and the ball just sticks better to them. I think Griffiths is a good link-up player when he actually got the ball and he got players around him. He's just not very good at dropping at the right point and, and holding it up and, and doing it. So it, it's, it's that kind of... You can get the ball up, but it doesn't stick. But if one, you get it up to Dembele, it sticks and he can bring Rodrik in with him and so on. So I just think... But we've seen it We've seen it when they have... Rodgers has played the two and then the two in front in the box... They have like a box Griffiths formation more in players around them because and you've got Rodgick and McGregor as the, the two ahead of Brown and Cham. Yeah. That would have, as you said, that probably would have helped. But again, oh, and, oh. Th- and this is, again, something that worries me about with Rodgers. In that first se- season, especially early on, as a game, as, as things are going wrong in a game, he identified it very quickly and he would make changes during the game to solve it. He did do it in the in the first leg because the first half we were terrible. He admitted himself after the game that he changed something and it worked. But I think that's happening less often. And I thought yesterday, right away for me, I, I for me I, the alarm bells are going pretty quick when you saw how they were set up. And I don't think he changed it quick enough. I don't, or what? maybe maybe he just didn't have the options because of people being injured. But I think he needs to affect the games more, like he did at first. Uh, so we're now in the Europa League. Um, oh, sorry, we're now in the Euro- Europa League playoff. Um, touch would we uh, kind of get through this tie? So, uh, Sidu- is it Seduva or? I think it's decided tonight or tomorrow, isn't it? Um, anyway, uh, question for uh, Alan Edgar from Mark at Mark underscore Celtic. Are the Celtic are Celtic fans Europa League snobs, despite it being a very very good standard and probably our level. Probably as a level, he's absolutely right. I don't think they're being snobs. I just think we want to be in the Champions League. Um, I did have a brief moment this morning where I did just think it might 
be nice that whoever we get drawn against, and I know there's a lot of really, particularly in Pot 1, there's some really, really good teams in there, some potentially really exciting ties if we do get there. It might be nice, though, not watching a draw through the cracks in your fingers a oh. little bit. Um, I watched it in the pub last last weekend, last year, and it was a nightmare. It, it will be, and but I guarantee if Athens get through, it's a decent draw. Oh, of uh, course, that, that, that's, that's absolutely. That's, and I know that's just paranoia, but I'm oh, just putting it out there. Um, Christian, can you talk us through some of the the kind of uh, pots at the moment? Uh, for, for yeah, you? I mean, in terms of this is it's still around to go, so there's still a little bit of guest work to to do. But yeah, it looks likely that Sudova Mariampola from from Lithuania. Uh, they're one nil up uh, from the first leg against Spartak. <laughs> Somebody, so yeah, so it's probably going to Lithuania, which is is one of the the Baltic countries. I think just some of the weakest leagues in Europe, um, unless you're Saint Johnston, and then you probably lose to them. But in terms of actually the Europa League group, question, yes, oh, yeah, later, that, yeah. So, okay. so if the seeded teams get through the next playoff round in, in the Europa League, you're looking at Celtic in pot two. In the Europa League, so pot one, potentially teams like Seville, Arsenal, Chelsea, Zenit, Bayer Leverkusen, Besiktas, Ajax, Villarreal, they're, they're, they're Lazio. All, they're, all so champi- all, they're all Champions yeah, League teams. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Fuck okay. Then <laughs> pot two, AC Milan, uh, Marseille. Uh, what was that? Marseille. <laughs> I don't know what language I'm speaking now. Um, <laughs> Lisbon. Um, so, but, but Celtic is in pot two. So, I, I think pot three and pot four is kind of interesting. So, in pot three, and this is if everybody see the gets through, you got um, Legge Avorso, Fenerbahce, Krasnodar, um, Rangers or Maribor. Obviously, if it's Rangers, um, Celtic can't meet them. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Feyenoord, Real Betis. Can Carabag. we not meet them? I thought we could meet in the group stages. Not no? in the group stages. But you got good teams like Shatti, Eintracht Frankfurt. So, there's good teams in pot three. Pot four. Spartan Moscow, Standaliers, uh, Stadrana, Red Star Belgrade, Rosenberg might be in there. Um, so Slavia Praha. So there's no. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> almost you think there's there's some worse teams in the Champions League group stages than than in the Europa League. So there's, but I think you can't. You could get a really bad draw in the Europa League as well. But chances are you actually get quite a competitive draw that yeah. will suit Celtic quite well. But a, a, a draw that we could. Uh, Almost enjoy. Um, I'm not saying we'll win. We'll win. You want to go into a match where there's a chance we're going to win. How often in the Champions League do you go into a match and you th- you think you're going to win? Um, and that's listen. I'd rather be in the yeah, Champions League. I'd rather be. Yeah, I'd rather be money. in the Champions League. But I'm. I'm just. Hopefully we get a draw. Hopefully we get through this qualifying round. Of course, I'm not underestimating anyone, especially how we're playing at the moment. Um, I don't like the Europa League theme tune. I do not like the tune. Alan's genuinely upset about the Europa League theme. I just remember that the tune is a problem. I can't even remember it. Gazprom. Exactly. A couple of pints of Gazprom. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I made that joke last year. (laughs) (laughs) And I will next year. Of course. I I do think in a wider context, once everybody's calmed down a little bit and we brought in an amazing centre-back, I think a season in, in a decent Europa League group stage is, is, is not the worst thing even in even if you look at Rogers hopefully reign as a whole I still think he's here for this season and two more seasons so having one season in the middle where you have to drop down to the Europa League and and kind of regroup there and get some European experience could be a good thing I think Dylas last season the group that were in there fucking with, go, <laughs> with Ajax uh, and, and Mulder but I think that was that was the nucleus of that team was under Rodgers as well. And I think those six games in Europa League against good opposition, although a bit traumatic, uh, kind of helped them a lot get that experience in, in, in a level there where you weren't expecting to get trashed every week. The, the only concern that I would have, I agree with that, you know, I'll go I'll buy the three-match package, whatever it is, the usual kind of keeper. Hopefully it's not as expensive as the... Champions yeah, League. you usually get a small um, Diddy Cup discount, don't you? Um, the, the issue I think we might have is that we have got a number of very ambitious young players who might not act the same way as another player in the squad, but by the same token, at the age I, of 22... I also think the Europa League is it's a good window now. I think if you perform really well in the who Europa League... About? I'm talking about your elite level players, your Dembele's, your champs. Yeah. I, I, I think they absolutely want to play in the Champions League. I think they would do it for a year. 
I think mentally though, I think if they were to go into next summer having four qualifiers, they're not going to come in and say, well, I'll definitely be at Celtic again, much, because you're not guaranteed to get there. But Celtic could have got a terrible draw again and lost 4-5-0 every time. That doesn't look good on your CV either. I think if in Europa League, you can, if, if that's your goal as a player, I think a good run in Europa League, especially if you get through a couple of knockout stages, is just as good. Louis, let me ask you a question. This is from Half Hour Hoops Peter at Boris Spider. Um, he's got a great podcast. You should check it out as well. Um, How long is it? Sorry? How long is it, the pod? Uh, it's 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Uh, Louis, um, Peter asks, How much of a rat is Boyata? Feel free to say a big fat rat. Unleash the Louis. Hey, hold on, hold on. Right, take See off bills on. Right, can I just bring up one point before I get to that? Fire away, <laughs> fire away. About uh, what you're saying there about Rogers. I don't think Rogers is here for the, the rest of his contract. And as you're saying about the players possibly leaving, Brendan Rogers for me is the absolute key to that. And the likes of Cham and Belly. If Rogers goes, they'll go too. And the thing is, for us in this high that we've been on, it's a pack of cards, and Brendan Rodgers is sadly probably at the top of it, and, or at the bottom of it, if you like. <laughs> if 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 he disappears, they all come crashing down. And I think he's working. Did you mean House of Cards? Aye, fucking. <laughs> I've, sta- I've stacked the cards up, right? The point is, I think he's working his exit. Oh, and, and I no, I think he is because I think his comments. I think it, it, I've been really pissed off in the last couple of weeks with him because of his comments that he's made. The, the, and it all started with his comments before the league kicked off and he said that the squad was weaker. I think that's the a type, fact. Yeah, but that's for other people. That's for, that's for people who write newspapers to speculate and debate. The Celtic manager shouldn't be coming out at such a crucial time in our season and basically just telling his players, like, publicly saying we're, we're a weaker squad than what we were, that for confidence for the players that are there, that shatters them. That, that, that for me, and, and the, the confidence it then gives your opponents at all levels rises up. I think is the way he's conducted himself in press conferences before games and after games so far this season has been wrong and he's made mistakes. And his timing of things, his timing of airing things that I, I think to a point should be kept private behind closed doors. I think I understand some reasons why he's done it, but I also think there have been petulant reasons on his part. And I think he is working his exit and he, he will be off because he doesn't want to be in the Europa League. He might not bash it, but he wants. He thinks a lot higher of himself. And I think there's a smug attitude coming from <laughs> of... <laughs> as if he, as if he's doing us a favour now at this point by sticking around. I think he is, and and it, well, he is. We need him, of course, but I just think there's there's a there's an air of arrogance there. He has to get there. this out, well, well, but he's he's making mistakes. Uh, for me, he is making mistakes as well, and it's as if he is not taking ownership of it. Question: I agree with Louis in terms of Rogers' timing and some of his press conference is what he said Brendan Rodgers is very calculated in what he says I don't think he says anything in a press conference unless it's for the true and he wants to try and set the agenda and, and the whole narrative thing about things he said I agree with Lou that his timing and what he said when he said it this season I think he meant to say it but I also think it slightly backfired on him um, because it, it, it kind of just seemed a bit too obvious what he was trying to do he was kind of trying to guilt the board into spending a bit of money and it kind of seemed like doing it in the press conference before the AK Athens game he knew people were going to talk about it and some of the briefings he, he apparently did you know with the paper press and so on you know it, yeah and, and I think he does it calculated and I think he usually does it really well and he plays the media really well and I think it's kind of backfired on him I don't agree with Louis that he's looking for an exit not that he's not looking for Everyone's uh, working their ticket. Every yeah. single football manager is working but their ticket to I a better job. That's just that's I just the nature. Of the that's the nature but, of football. But I think where Rogers want to go, he wants to go on a certain level, and he's not going to go to that level unless he does something more with Celtic. If now. Celtic get yeah. to the, that's our only, that's our, that's get our to only the, saving if grace. If Celtic get to the semi-finals of the Europa League this yeah. season, um, 
at the end of the season, he'll be in a better position. If, if yep, Arsenal, ab- absolutely. That, so his success that, correlates with their success. Absolutely, yep. And that's, so that's her only saving grace, but I think his comments have been, there's been a lot of self-preservation in his comments. But uh, that's he, what I'm saying. I think I think they have, have backfired because he can't leave Celtic. Where is he going to go now? You know, had Arsenal offered him the job in the summer, he would have been away. Oh yeah, no question. Uh, 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 no question. Absolutely. But he, he's, I think he's very aware of his own legacy. So, He's he's had to take half a step back now, but I think he will reassess and say, okay, if you have a really good Europa League this season, and then go for the Champions League next season, and then you're on nine in a row. So, it, depending on what comes up, I think Brendan Rodgers is. I think he's genuine about wanting to sell to do really well and transform the club and, and, and bring it up. But he also always is keeping, as all of us, keeping half an eye on if, oh, his if, next job. If he gets a, if he gets a better offer, as you say, I mean he might. But uh, I, say, I, say he's stuck around for he's to not get go to Southampton or West Brom. No, but say, say he's stuck around to get us to nine in a row, right? Yeah. He uh, he if he gets a better job offer, he's still going to leave. Yeah. You know, he's not going to hang about and do us a favour and try to get us a 10, even though I, I, to disrupt things at that point would be... I don't know. I, it, it depends what the job is. I think he has to weigh it up, because if he's there to get 10 in a row, he will see that as a big boost on his CV as well. But as you said, in January, he said he, they, they even put an article on Celtic, the Celtic website of Brendan Rogers thanking the board. I got everything I asked for, yeah. all of this shit. Right, that transfer <laughs> window was shocking. Really, when you look at it now and the impact that those players have made. But we were but, all happy but with he, it. But, but he was happy. He got everything that he wanted. Not so long ago, he said that there was no plans to buy buy centre halves because we had everything that we needed. He had complete faith in the centre halves that he had. Now it's all went to shit. Now he's suddenly, you know, airing out everything about no the board not spending money and I'm not saying it's all Roger's fault I'm not saying for a second that I want him to be sacked or any of that nonsense no but I, I think he has the way he's went about things recently has been wrong and it deserves to be highlighted and I think he's not the perfect manager and he's definitely got things that he can improve on but there's a lot of the issues that we've got have came from the board as well which hopefully we'll, we'll get to but I don't know do you want me to go back to the main point or I want Alan's thoughts um, well I'm looking forward to hearing Louise Boyata point, which I think <laughs> might have been the original question. But in, in terms of Rogers, I think he will be here um, for another while longer. Um, I, I think he said that he intends to see out, or he kind of suggested he intends to see out his contract, which I would hope he does because it kind of ends at a bit of what we think will be a milestone. Um, he definitely won't leave or won't be sacked anytime soon because, in terms of his own personal ambition, the way the narrative would be, even though it's entirely unrelated, would be Gerard Rangers slightly on the rise, Rogers leaves Celtic, and that's how it'd be looked. And yeah. so that's never going to happen, even though they're entirely unrelated. The market that he is looking at, and then the market that he would go to, would be England, and that's how they would look at it. And so. he's still a bit of a he, he doesn't have the greatest reputation down, down there at this point. Whereas a good run in Europe, a semi final of the Europa League, I'm, I keep saying semi final. And, and, and let's make this clear: there was there was a ridiculous column in the, in the Sunday Mail here on Sunday saying, "Oh, Rogers, he has his picture on the wall by himself, and all the usual shit that was brought up in Liverpool and stuff like that." And at the end of the column, he said, "Oh, Neil Lennon's doing great, isn't he?" Here. Maybe he should return, and it's just that it's just bullshit. You can only see some part of the press starting to come with a narrative that he's losing it, and you know you should get Lenny back in. And just Alan kind of alluded to it, but Brendan Rodgers is the best manager Celtic is going to be able to get in a long time. I get that's not to say you can bring in somebody um, maybe from a country like Norway, like a young one, and, and he can he can come and and be a great manager for Celtic. But in terms of now. Brendan Rodgers is, is a really, really good manager. I've I, I seen he's... Um, he, he makes mistakes as well, but he is, he's on a very... You know, in terms of what Celtic can get now as a manager, he's, he's on a great level. He's on a different level from what yeah. we would ever be able to attract. I did see his comments getting taken out of context last night. I thought it was an actual, uh, a pretty straightforward, easy point regarding um, Liverpool. They got to the Champions League final, didn't quite win it, So then, but then they went and invested even relative to what they've spent they invested a lot of money and it was taken out of context this morning I think the headlines were Rogers compares Celtic to Liverpool <laughs> granted not from the kind of publications but that kind of idea that he has it just the headlines aren't positive at the moment and I suppose we things like that they have never been there before certainly uh, as we're winding up Louis your final thoughts on Boyata <sighs> right here we go he's got a 
statement that he would like to read out? <laughs> <laughs> Hot air coming out of his ears. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you. It is amazing how quickly opinions change when he has decided to down tools. This clown... <laughs> this absolute clown he's, he's not in the room right. just for Bill Jim clown yeah absolutely this clown is rotten and has been rotten time and time again at Ibrooks, absolutely pathetic he's been a bomb scare granted he's had purple patches but <laughs> Craig Gordon's had purple patches for Christ's sake whoa, whoa, stop now, Craig Gordon Boyata we signed for 1.5 million and we knock back a bid of nine million, going completely against the supposed transfer strategy that we've had for years and years. Buy cheap, sell for a good price, and we knock it back. Now we knew that he wasn't going to sign a contract before he went to the World Cup. Yeah. Even even if we didn't know it a hundred percent, the mere fact that he was hedging his bets and saying, you know. It was public knowledge he was not going to do anything until he'd been away. Tam Rogic signed before he went. He wanted to hedge his bets, see how the World Cup went, then see what offers were coming his Which way. Which he's entitled and to do. He's entitled to do, yes. But the the club are then giving him the control. Now, he's in the last year of his contract. He can sign a pre-contract in January. We should have had a plan in place. This guy to then turn round and down tools... Everybody's, you know, when we knock back that bid, Twitter was going mental. We need to keep him. He's been at a World Cup. Why you wouldn't knock back a, a you know, a World Cup centre half who played three games and blah 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 blah. He's rubbish. He's rubbish. And I do not care what anybody says. The guy is a clown. And now the fact that he's decided to down tools and... and, and you love that phrase, Refused to play for us. Everybody's on his back and, and, and he's became a rat and all that. He is a rat. He's always been a rat. So... Louis said that no matter what anybody says. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> I'll, give, that, I love I'll it. give it a try. I'll give it a try. Um, first thing is, um, his conduct off the park obviously unacceptable. Um, being led by his agent, which is unfortunate. His conduct off the park, though, doesn't have any bearing whatsoever on his performances on the park. He is the best defender we have at the club. There's, there's no question, I don't think. And last night, if he would have been there, then things might have gone differently. Mean? Best defender, yeah, best centre half, I suppose. Um, Katie's a better centre half than Boyata. So that the conduct off the park is inexcusable. I don't think there's any question about that, and I think he's high and dry now. He is gone. There, yeah, there is. there's, there's, no, there's no way back. He would if he was to start next weekend. Anything he would, he would without doubt be booed. I think. Do you think he'd even get back he, into training? He tried to. Well, he tried to soften it with the Instagram thing. I think, and he tried to get behind the team, maybe distance himself. I bet a they from even the, his calf from the agent. But Rogers cut that out entirely when he said and did not allow that. So, so I think that's done. That ship sailed now. The, the problem, and everybody always links this, and sorry, see, irrespective of whatever the bid that comes in, see if you at that point you don't know that he's going to down tools, right? As you say, so you don't. But you know, know he can't play in the first game. So you're which, only you're first only, game? He, he couldn't play in the first leg. Was in back in time? Ah, he was. He came back. He came back the Monday before. He, 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 uh, he, he was. He was. He was. He, uh, but Rogers has already ruled him out of that. Yeah, ruled I, him out. I, either Aye. way, see, irrespective of whether he's got 12 months or three years left in contract, see if you don't have a player of similar ability to replace him, you can't sell him. It's it's not like... Come here. You, you can't... Everybody always brings up that you only get 12 months left in his deal and you think, well, use the 12 months then. You know, you ha- have him for 12 months. It's great if you can sell a player for 9 million. That's brilliant. But we don't need to sell him for 9 million, so... No, but he didn't take, want to even be here, though. But... Uh, you're saying that was common knowledge. I don't think it was common knowledge. Oh. Last, it, nobody last week was thinking if we rejected a bid from, from from Fulham. I can't speak. I'm getting annoyed. From Fulham for nine million. Nobody for a second thought that it was going to be a case he would refuse to play. And if Celtic had known that, they would have probably approached it differently. This is completely. This reflects horribly on him, and I think it not only reflects horribly on him for any potential transfer. This window. See if his contract runs down and he doesn't play or whatever. See the move to Sevilla. It's not like. Van Dijk going to Liverpool they're not going to wait a year for Bayata I think he's our best centre half but he's not an elite level centre half in Europe clubs aren't going to wait they'll go and sign another player 
but if someone could get him now, they would take him. So I think he's probably put himself in a bit of an awkward position. And by proxy now, chances of Celtic getting nine million from him are probably a lot slimmer because Absolutely. clubs know you've got a toxic player in your hand. Um, I think it's just it's just a horrible situation. But I don't like the idea that we knew or we seen this coming. Nobody ever seen that reaction coming. So you can't criticise people. I think for. A, rejecting the bid because he's our best defender and wanting them to play in these games. And, uh, and, and on that bombshell, we are the 90 Minute Cynic. Christian Wolf, it's been a pleasure. Always. Enjoyed it. Louis McCaffrey, do you feel you've got some stuff off your chest? Uh, the first half, I. <laughs> he's still, he's still, he's, he's very salty. I've got more notes. I think we're going <laughs> to, we're just going to continue this off here. Alan, Alan McGregor. Thanks very much. Alan McGregor. Alan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Left the biggest insult to last. Alan Edgar. I do like McGregor as well. I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minutes Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road. Ha <laughs> ha.